Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So, we know that there are Canadians, Canadian citizens that have gone over to Syria to join up with ISIS, to fight with ISIS, to be a part of the caliphate. We do know that many of those individuals have died. Not a lot of tears shed. But we also know that some of them have been uh, taken into custody by our Kurdish allies who have been fighting the so-called Islamic State. The Kurds have asked their various allies, countries like Canada, to take back their own nationals, to take back their citizens and deal with them themselves. The Kurds are saying they're not equipped to really deal with these individuals. Uh, The Americans, a very important ally of ours, have also asked Canada and other countries to, to do essentially that, to take back their own nationals and to prosecute them. So far, Canada has not really jumped up to do so, Uh, just seemingly maybe hoping the problem will go away on its own, but it's not. Because of that, interesting news story from Global News today about how the RCMP are taking steps to ensure they're ready. So we're not caught off guard by any of these uh, foreign fighters showing up back in Canada. Uh, that we're aware of what's going on with them. And if they do decide to return to Canada, we're there to deal with them. Ideally, to arrest them and charge them with crimes. So what do those preparation steps look like? Joining us to talk more about this uh, scoop is Stuart Bell, National Online Investigative Journalist for Global News, globalnews.ca. Stuart, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Hi, Rob. You know, up until now, it seems as though this is a problem that the government would obviously prefer not to have to deal with. But I guess the combination of factors with the Kurds wanting uh, us to take these individuals, the Americans wanting to take these uh, us to take these individuals. Is it inevitable at this point? Well, I think I think the thinking that's uh, that's happening now is, um, you know, in the past, there seemed to be an assumption um, in the government and the RCMP as well that those Canadians that went off to Syria to fight and join ISIS and that kind of thing just were not going to come back. They were either so um, sort of indoctrinated in the ideology that they didn't want to return or it was a pretty good likelihood they were going to die. And a lot of them have died, in Mm -hmm. fact. Um, But uh, I think what's happened in the last, uh, well, at least since last fall, there's been a growing number of Canadians that have um, been captured. Uh, by the the Syrian forces, and uh, with the uncertainty over what's going to happen in that part of Syria, with the U.S. troop withdrawal that's that uh, that's coming, uh, I think the RCMP has decided it really needs to take another approach, and that is to assume that they are coming back, and even if they don't, to at least be ready, because I think the scenario that nobody wants is. They arrive at uh, Pearson Airport or Calgary Airport or Vancouver Airport, Mm -hmm. and the RCMP is caught off guard and doesn't have any charges ready, and off they go um, into the city, and there's nothing anybody can do. So I think the thinking is, uh, let's at least be ready. Which makes sense. Now... It's, at the moment, the, these individuals, as you say, are, are in Kurdish custody. We have not really gone out of our way to to reach out to them or any kind of consular service or anything of, of that sort, have we? No, nothing. I mean, the government's position uh, that uh, Public Safety Minister Ralph Goodale has said several times now over the last few months is basically 
it, the policy seems to be um, we can't do anything because they're in Syria and we don't, it's too dangerous for us to go there and provide any kind of services to them. Therefore, uh, they kind of, we kind of wash our hands of the problem. Um, I mean, that technically, I guess, uh, might sound uh, rational, but uh, it's not in the long term, it's not really going to um, get anywhere. And the reality is the RCMP uh, is taking a kind of a different approach, which is um, let's see what can be done to prepare for their return to make sure that if and when they return that uh, it's done in a way that we can prosecute them properly. So, for example, um, there's really only two ways out of that part of Syria. You go to Iraq and you fly back or you go to Turkey and fly back. Um, and so the RCMP is is considering Turkey to be the most likely transit country. Um, but that raises concerns that should these Canadian ISIS members cross into Turkey, would they be interrogated? Would their electronic devices, for example, be... Uh, be studied and analyzed, uh, and all of that could taint uh, a prosecution in Canada. Yeah. So um, the RCMP is trying to um, to speak with the Turkish authorities to say, look, don't talk to them. Just let them transit through, and we will take responsibility for them. Uh, don't touch their electronics. Don't do anything that could um, make it more difficult for us to put them behind bars. So this presumes, though, that the Kurds will likely let these people go at some point. Well, the Kurds want to let these people go. These are not. This, the Kurds have yeah. been saying since the outset, we don't want to be keeping these people. I mean, they don't have the facilities. They don't have the, uh, you know, the court infrastructure. They don't even have the people. Really, they they uh, they have a handful handful fighting ISIS. They've got the Syrian regime. Um, and they've got possibly Turkey that's threatening to cross the border and wipe them out uh, as, a, as a sort of military force. So they, they want countries to come and take back uh, their foreign fighters and, and uh, so that they don't have to deal with them anymore. So in, in the hypothetical case of a Canadian who's gone abroad, joined ISIS, fought with ISIS, uh, there, there are all sorts of criminal charges that could apply in that kind of a situation. In practice, taking each individual on a case-by-case basis, there are to varying degrees challenges in building a case, gathering evidence, coming up with something to make an arrest, proceed to trial. What, what, what are those challenges? Well, the challenge is primarily evidence. And... Uh, it's not a typical criminal investigation where you can, you know, the RCMP sort of has the ability to go and uh, scour them around Syria and that kind of thing. So it's that's the complication. And uh, you're talking about a crime that's primarily what somebody's done in a different country. And so that raises all kinds of issues. The On the other side, uh, the Canadians that... Uh, that at least the the more senior ones that have been captured um, were quite active, as many ISIS members were on social media. Yeah. They were one of them was very active, we believe, in the ISIS propaganda wing. And so these are all things that uh, that the RCMP is exploring in terms of how can they turn that into evidence that they can use against these people. 
seems like a, a paradox in our system at the moment because we, we've had a, an easier time arresting and prosecuting those who have attempted to go and join ISIS than those who were actually successful in going to join ISIS. Why would that be? I mean, if someone uh, was trying to leave and we caught them, why, why is that easier than someone who, who did go and, and join ISIS? Well, it does kind of make sense when you think about it, because uh, when somebody attempts to leave and is thwarted, that all of that's taken place within Canada for the most part. Some of them made their way to Turkey and got turned back. Um, but these are all things that uh, that you know the, the crime itself happened within Canada. Therefore, there's the ability to collect evidence and witnesses and electronic evidence and the travel records, um, that kind of thing. Uh, when somebody is being charged with things that they've done in Syria after they left. I mean, first of all, the, the act of leaving in itself is a crime. So that's one. Mm-hmm. Just leaving Canada to participate in, in a terrorist group is uh, is illegal. But on top of that, then you start to get into the more challenging uh, prosecutions because what is it that person did? I mean... You can imagine these people are going to come back and they're going to say nothing. I mean, you can already hear it in some of the interviews that some of them are giving. I was a driver. I was a cook. Uh, right. Yeah. So, you know, the challenge for the prosecution is to prove that, no, you weren't. You were more than that. And how to do that. So, uh, you know, so it does kind of make sense that it's more difficult um, when it's what someone did overseas. What are the other options that the RCMP are looking at? Uh, criminal charges would, would be one, clearly, but there, there are other possible avenues in, in dealing with these individuals. Right. So the RCMP is looking at three channels, they call them. Uh, one is prosecution. The second is a peace bond. And that is basically a court order that requires uh, a person to abide by certain conditions <clears throat> that uh, for a certain period of time. And uh, they can be on a peace bond and the police can continue to investigate and they can bring criminal charges later. So uh, so that's sort of two routes. The other is interventions. And you got to remember that uh, some of the people coming back are going to be, a lot of them actually are children. Um, and a lot of, most of those children were born under ISIS uh, control, in territory under ISIS control. These kids are not going to be charged criminally, probably. Uh, but they are going to need some kind of intervention to reintegrate them into a normal society. And um, so that's the other, the third stream, I guess, that the RCMP is looking at is uh, if we're not charging people, if we're not putting them on peace bonds, we can't just walk away. We have to somehow engage uh, local police and social service organizations to uh, to step in and... Um, and get whatever support is needed. You know, I mean, for example, if a mother took her kids to uh, Syria to live under ISIS control or went there to have children, perhaps those children would be apprehended um, to get them away from that situation. Or there could be all kinds of other support there to help de-radicalize people. Well, your exclusive story, it is up at globalnews.ca. Stuart Bell, thank you so much for joining us here this afternoon. Okay, thanks, Rob. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.